Hey, Crashers. Welcome. Still start over. I interrupted you. (laughs) Ready? Go. Welcome, Crashers. Excited. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) Okay, so I'm not going to say anything. (laughs) Okay. Ready? Go. Hey, Crashers. Welcome back to another episode of the Wedding Crashers podcast with Charla Story and Jennifer Wilson. We are super excited because we are talking today from bed, but our own bed. So like I'm in my bed, bed. she's in her bed. It's lovely. Um, (laughs) We're on day 537 of quarantine. Um, I don't know what stage of quarantine you guys are in, but I'm in the one where I just have worn leopard print leggings for three days and I let my hair dry naturally, which is like really wavy and frizzy. And I got a glimpse in the mirror today and Jennifer, I didn't know if I saw Peg Bundy or Carol Baskins. (laughs) I was about to say, were you the tiger queen? (laughs) I'm something. So obviously I'm feeling wild. And (laughs) um, today's episode is ever after which you chose and I absolutely love this movie I haven't seen it in a while but I wanted to ask you so tell us why you chose it uh well first I would like to add that uh um even though I take my nightly ritual bath I don't know the last time I washed my hair so. <laughs> <laughs> this is where we are that's where you that's- are <laughs> yeah so what queen are you the only one. <laughs> uh, the reason I chose this movie from our long list from our amazing listeners um, is because, A, I watched it like a jillion times when I was like 10 or 11 or whatever, how old I was when this came out. But it's also just so good. It's so good. Like Michael watched it with me and at the end he was like, I really liked that. <laughs> and it's just – it's nice to see a like – full-on take of a Cinderella story. Cinderella. Yeah. And it was fun to see Drew Barrymore in her 20s. Oh, I know. So nice. Okay. So fun. Um, so are you – But yes, so I have myself – I'm all set up over here. I know. I was going to say, are you, re- are you ready? Like – Oh, for my 30-second recap? Well, before we get there, are you all situated and <laughs> – Oh, I mean, I'm situated. I'm in my bed. I have my cozy blanket. Mm. I have a chocolate chip cookie. I have a latte. Oh, you have a chocolate chip. You have a latte? Living my queen life. <laughs> See? There's only one. Her name's not Elizabeth. It's Jennifer. <laughs> Genesis. <laughs> Genesis. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so... You were telling me earlier that you might try the whipped coffee. <laughs> Are you That's wheezing? Shit. Yes. That shouldn't have affected me. Are you so that's where you are in quarantine? You're the laughing queen. I'm the tiger queen and you're the laughing queen. <laughs> I go by Jason. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what happened. Um, were you about to ask me if I'm going to try? 
<laughs> Try TikTok coffee. <laughs> oh yeah, well true, pretty much. Whip, whipped coffee or TikTok coffee. <laughs> Did I say TikTok coffee? <laughs> no, you you called it whipped coffee, but okay. I just call it TikTok coffee. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I would very much like to try the TikTok whipped coffee craze. I I mentioned it to Michael. <laughs> Sorry. I mentioned it to Michael earlier and he just looked I was like, oh, maybe I'll go make <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if the little every time I think about someone calling Calling me Genesis. It just gets me. Um, Queen Genesis. <laughs> I hope this translates as funny on the other side. Um, We're going to see. I made, um. I, I made, I mentioned that I wanted to try making whipped coffee and Michael, the snob of coffee, because he's been to coffee school in Portland, which is totally a real thing. Uh, he was. He just looked at me like, "You're the worst thing I've ever seen." <laughs> it's like you just said like something uh-huh. equivalent about weddings. It's fine. It's fine. Um, yeah. So I told. Okay, listen. I tried the whipped coffee, and I you did. Yeah, so I bought. A, like I totally put on my Amazon order in advance and patiently waited. That's how much I wanted to try. And this <laughs> this instant coffee comes in. And I learned a few things. One, you got to whip that thing for a long time. Like it takes forever and ever and ever. Yeah, for real. Don't bother trying to do it by hand unless you're going to do both sides because it's literally a workout and you don't want to be uneven. Okay. So the next thing I learned is Pike's Peak was good because I went with Starbucks, but I did like French and Colombian and it was disgusting. So I think it definitely make sure you get a like a calmer because it's already makes it so strong the flavor and bold that if you have a bold bean i think it's just in my opinion it was those were too much so you need a blonde roast that's what i think or even the the medium but (laughs) but here's what i did the other day i bought a milk frother right and i've never had one yes never had one so okay yesterday actually I like made a cup of coffee. It was so good. So then I made another one. And then later in the day, I wanted another one because it tasted good. And the whole time I was making it, I was like, don't do it. (laughs) Don't Don't. do it. You don't need it. This isn't a good idea. But I did it anyway. And I drank the whole thing. And I could not stop like twerking all over the house. Like everything I did, I was like on my way there. I was like twerking and dancing. And I was just like, but I was also super happy. So it wasn't the worst. But (laughs) did you go to sleep? Um, at like two. <laughs> well, you beat me by an hour. I believe it. I always beat you. <laughs> I'm. I hope that that isn't my reality for much longer. <laughs> Just like, what is sleep? What is time? Yeah, it is killing me. Oh, I hope that I'm not like I have a milk frother, so it means I can drink coffee anytime I want, as much as I want to. Because that's sorry, not true. Did you just call it a milk frother? Oh, not intentionally. <laughs> I thought I said milk frother, but I might be trying to say it too fast. Milk frother, milk frother, milk frother, milk frother, and I'm like, I don't know what a milk frother is. Hmm. hmm. Well, I don't, I'm not going to let my mind go there. <laughs> okay, I'm, so I'm bringing it back. We're Bring you ready for your 30 seconds? Let me finish my cookie bite. <laughs>
Um, yes, I'm ready. All right. Three, two, one, go. Okay, so you open up and the Brothers Grimm are coming into this like hospital room or something. It's the great-great-granddaughter of the original Cinderella. Her real name was Danielle de Barbarec. Um, basically, Cinderella, you know, it happens. Her dad gets married, but then he's riding away and he dies and she has to deal with that. And then she grows up and then she meets the prince because he tried to steal a horse from her estate. And then um, basically he like is supposed to marry this French or this Spanish lady. He doesn't want to, but he meets Danielle. They fall in love. She's like, he's like intrigued by her like differences and she's not into him for his money and then they get married but it's a lot more than that (laughs) (laughs) and they lived happily ever after but at the end he says and now we live happily ever after and she says according to who and he goes i don't know (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) this is stupid but speaking of tiktok i'm so addicted i'm sorry guys i'm sure you're tired of hearing it but (laughs) Speaking of, according to who, there's this doctor eating a clementine orange. Did you see it? And he's eating the peel and they're like, you're doing it wrong. And he's like, according to who? Like, who makes the rules of how I eat it? And they were like, the general public. I could maybe see eating the peel, maybe, on a mandarin or a clem because they're so thin. Right. But I'm like a regular orange. Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, do I you tried like- to watch that, but I couldn't. I was like, I can't. Oh, I was but, like, I mean, like, kumquats. Kumquats, oh. you eat the skin. Yeah, you do, and they're so good. They're mm-hmm. good. So, do you like your orange juice with pulp or without pulp? I don't care because I don't drink orange juice that much. Okay, I don't care you? either. But if you were like Charla, pulp or no pulp, I would be like lots of pulp. Yeah, I don't mind it. That's pulp. how it is. Whenever you're like at a nice resort in the mm-hmm. Caribbean, it feels so fresh. Pulp. I want to pulp yeah. you up. Pulp, pulp, pulp it up. Yeah. Anyway, I like the pulp. So I would I, eat the skin of a clementine. I, yeah, um, maybe. I might try it. I don't know. We'll get back know. to you. Anyways. <laughs> Let us know so, what you guys would want. Yeah. And stuff. Also, what you think of those coffees if you try them. So talk to me about what, what, about ever after stood out to you when you were an 11 year old girl so i think it was a it wasn't a cartoon you know mm-hmm. you're like i'm you 11 your- or 12 or however the heck tween i was and you're like yeah and you're like i'm not any i'm not into cartoons anymore but i'm still into fairy tales so. yeah this was also the same time as um that tyra banks movie it was like life-size barbie or do you remember that movie Tyra Banks, she was a doll and then she became real. I don't. I feel like. Oh, it's called, it's called Life Size, actually. Oh, nope. <laughs> this was right around the same time. I don't know why that's relevant. Um, <laughs> I don't either. It's fine. We're fine. These were your I options, think it I guess. Was the, I think it was the whole like, this is uh, like not a cartoon, but still fantasy. So it's still fun for a kid, but not too you know, little kiddish. Yeah. But now watching it as an adult, I appreciated the movie on like so many other different levels. But I remember as a kid being super enchanted by like, so basically she ends up kind of becoming friends with Da Vinci. Yes. And um, I remember being super enthralled by the prospect of becoming friends with someone like Da Vinci. And I like loved when he was walking on the water when she was swimming yes. and she screamed. Yes. Some of the funniest things ever. But um, I think 
it was funny because watching it as a grown up, I was like, when is she going to start hanging out with Da Vinci? Because in my mind, they were friends the entire movie, but he's only in two scenes with her. Yeah, that's true. I guess it's it's really because they were two impactful scenes, which is yeah, honestly, when you think about it, impact you know, quality over quantity always wins in my book. So he made a big enough impact that we just felt like he was connected to everything. But you're right. Yeah. I mean, I guess. Yeah, maybe three scenes, but but the boat scene, the walking on the water, obviously, when you see somebody putting boats on their feet, that's freaking funny. <laughs> it was so <laughs> and, funny. And the the prince right before Henry is talking about if signs are a thing and if he should believe in them. And then, of course, he's walking on water and runs yep. into her. So it's just showing you a sign. But the biggest question is always like, not so much if signs are real, but if you actually notice them, mm, uh huh, because yeah. like <laughs> I didn't notice a lot of signs about Jesse for a long time, which is good because I they wouldn't have gone anywhere back then. But the right. boy was put in my path so many different times that I just would look past. <laughs> <laughs> so you also got to be like, it was good that he was asking if signs are real and if he needed one. So something to think about. Because remember, I used to sit in my girlfriend's like bedroom in third grade and watch the boy across the street mow the lawn. That's my husband now. <laughs> <laughs> that still like makes me so happy. <laughs> I like love that so much. You know, and then of all the schools that he ended up at, it's the my high my junior high on our last year before we would have been in separate high schools. Still look yeah, the other way. But well, you know, it wasn't the time and your life would be completely different. You wouldn't have Seth like it's just crazy. Oh, we both had so much growing to do before we could ever be together but since we're both such big personalities. Yeah, <laughs> wouldn't that's have worked true. Then. <laughs> but I also think too that like signs, they depend so much on like not just your openness to them, but also like what your perception of what they should be. Because even in the movie, he's asking these things and he's not even like – I don't know what he thinks the sign should be, like fireworks over a lady as she's walking up to him in the night. Like, I don't know. <laughs> but whatever he had colored a sign to be in his in his head, he was not even receptive to seeing something different than what he what he thought. Mm-hmm. And that's it, so it, much of us. It, yeah. Like we're looking for a sign on what we are worried about and thinking about, but maybe not necessarily like what we want but maybe not necessarily what we need, which is why it takes us so long to learn the same lessons. Right. Well, and I guess I get – I'm pretty impressed with him, even though he was kind of dense at times. <laughs> but, like, he's the prince of France. I know. He's supposed to be the king of France. And, like, Henri, he, prince Henri. <laughs> right? And he could have been super-duper snobby and not given anyone the time of day. And that's not exactly how he was. He was like a – he towed the he towed the line. He, like, was from aristocracy and acted that way. But he very much wanted change in the world. Like, he meets Da Vinci. And he's like, you're Da Vinci? Maybe you can talk some sense into my parents. I want change. I want new things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that played really well into – the hand of his fate because then he sees oh she's just the best but danielle at this point she's cinderella basically um and one of the servants gets sold like her gets sold off by her mm. stepmother to pay a debt mm-hmm. um and Ugh. it was 
uh, he was married to one of the women who like cares. They like care alongside the most. So she puts on like rich people clothes and with the, basically, so he's, he steals this horse. She's out in the pasture picking apples. She clocks him in the head with yes. an apple. And she, <laughs> at that point, is like, I deserve death because I hit the prince. And he's like, just don't tell anybody about this, okay? And he <laughs> gives her a bunch of money. So she's like, okay, well, I'm going to take this money and I'm going to go get Maurice out of prison for you. Mm-hmm. This is perfect. And so she goes and she's trying to set him free. And the guy who has him is basically like yelling at her, t- calling her stupid now. And the prince comes up and he's like, how dare you talk to a lady like that? Right. Um, which I appreciated. Preach. Uh-huh. You know, one, one of my best friends got cussed out by a man this week and she cried for like four hours. What? This guy. Yes. Lucy, she texted me and was like, I had the worst day. Um, And I asked her what happened. I'll read it to you. This is – it's audacious. I like could not – even with this. This is on topic, but off topic. <laughs> Prepare thine self for this. And then I sent her a barrage of funny TikToks and sweet TikToks, <laughs> as you do. Um, okay. I said, what happened? She said, I parked near this guy's driveway. I wasn't even remotely close to blocking his driveway. And the conversation went like this. Old man, don't get used to parking there. Me, no problem. Thanks for letting me know. Old man, don't effing tell me thank you, bitch. (laughs) Me, dude, watch your mouth. She has her four-year-old on her hip. Old man yells as loud as humanly possible to get the F out of here. She said, I sobbed forever. (laughs) It hit a wound, apparently. I'm like, yeah, men, we don't talk to ladies that way. We don't talk to anybody that way. Get your your manners in order, please. Yeah. Man, um, <clears throat> it's just ridiculous. We, I'm just like, what? Granted, it's like we're all going through something so crazy right now, but that is not how we treat people ever, but no. especially when we're all in some type of very visible pain. So and, get, your, mm-hmm. get it together. Especially when there's a kid involved. Oh my um, God, I know. Man, I don't know how I would react. I think some days I would just be like, dude, what is your deal? You're crazy and like get away as fast as possible. But lately, I don't know. I might have turned around and been like, Said some words back. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I mean, I'm like, I kind of hope that you see him again and you can tell him what you really think. I, I basically told him. She like, should what? go park on his sidewalk and block his drive. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I would sidewalk. I would totally sidewalk talk him. You always have two options. You can either kill him with kindness or you can be super petty. So I think you're right. She should take him like chocolates and draw a bunch of hearts and like carve out a parking <laughs> spot and put an area where people shouldn't park with like a nice little story about how you'll get cussed out if you do. And I think that that's kind and petty. So that's the route <laughs> the to go, same Lucy. Time. <laughs> Yes. Well, so basically, Cinderella was getting old man parking spaced. And the prince um, was like, how dare you talk to them that way or a woman that way? And um, she basically starts quoting from the book Utopia, which is the last thing her dad ever gave her. And he catches it like he catches it. And he's like, this woman is different. I yeah. really like this. So in some ways, I do think he was seeing oh. signs that she was his future. Are you okay? Yeah. Sorry, Jesse. Just Yes. he came into the bedroom to grab the dog bed and he came in real quick and 
And then he re- and then he saw the microphone and his like whole body stopped and his face looked super alarmed and he was like, "Oh my god, I'm sorry." <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, okay, <laughs> so sorry. Um, yes, I'm sorry. He came back in and he just has this look on his face. It's like <laughs> I know that you're gonna kill me, but I'm doing this anyway. And now he's like getting stuff. <laughs> Oh, man, I don't know. <laughs> See, he wasn't sorry. No. <laughs> no. Mm-mm. That's not how that works. But what I was going to say is Henri, Prince Henri, he, um, he's so used to women like gawking all over him and wanting him because of his power and his money and his, you know, place. So, and of course, he's handsome too. And they just, they want to be his wife. So... I can imagine that he's never been spoken to that way. Yeah, she was a little quippy with him. Yeah. Which is which is why like it's always more valuable to just be yourself when you're talking to somebody. Yes. Mhm. Don't try to be all yeah. like if you're trying to impress somebody and you're going out of your way and being inauthentic or unauthentic. It, we can all tell, we can all see it, we can all feel it. And it's oogie, it's gross. Like, look how grossed out he gets multiple times. No, oh, yeah, he hates it. Yeah. Hates it. Like, you would rather have, in this kind of painting this picture, I would rather have a best friend from the hood who's super ghetto but authentic than somebody who has everything I've ever wanted and is not genuine. Absolutely, because, you know, one person is also more trustworthy. So, I don't know. I think... I think this movie is so beautiful too because I appreciate – I guess one thing that I do appreciate about like the new remakes of the Disney movies is that you're getting a little bit more backstory. But this was one of the first ones to do that. Um, and like I always wondered, why is her stepmom so mean to her? Mm-hmm. Like why? And then you see it and they decided to paint it this way in this film and basically like her dad's driving or driving away on a horse, riding away on his horse – he falls off. He has a heart attack. And they all run to to be with him. And as he's passing away, he looks away from her stepmom mm-hmm. and turns to Danielle or Cinderella and says, basically, like, I love you. Like, I love you so much. And he doesn't say that. He chooses to say that to her. And that as a grown up, I'm, I realize like, oh, that's the reason mm-hmm. she that's the reason she treated her so poorly from that day forward. Whereas a little girl, I just thought like, oh, thank God he talked to her, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I I think that there are, you know, different kinds of jealousy. And I think there are lots of women out there that are jealous of of kids. I think that it's probably, honestly, incredibly hard to be a step parent and to both love a child that's not yours, but without their father even being there and then feeling like you never had the love that you saw they got like that is deep and I am glad they shared that but also she's just so awful so horrible and And then she raises another mini me just mm -hmm. like her which is even worse yes but she does have like the most perfect nose doesn't she oh uh, Angelica Houston she's a goddess. That knows every time I was like, is that fake? It's that perfect. Like, dang. No, no. <laughs> yeah, no. Hey, so this just occurred to me as I was like glancing through my notes. So we were talking about like being yourself. 
But straight up, Cinderella in this movie is not herself. She meets the prince and has to pass off as her mom who passed away. She's like, I can't tell him who I am. I'll, I could get in really big trouble for impersonating um, someone of a higher class. So she straight up is not. She's like herself, but with a completely different name. Yeah. What are our thoughts on that? I mean. She catfished him. She totes catfished him. But. I mean, back then, when status was everything, that was going to be the only way to start world change. There had to be some catfishing. You had to catfish for the team, you know? Right. Absolutely. I I don't think what she and, did was wrong. And right. I think at least she was being true to herself as like who she is and what's right and wrong and like having foundational principles. A name, I mean, it's all you have. But <laughs> I could see how she was able to use that for even greater good. It's for the greater good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just thought it was a little, it's like, what side of the corn, cor, the corn, what side of the corn, <laughs> what side of the corn are we, Charla? What side of the cornfield are you on, Jennifer? <laughs> Apparently not the right one at the moment. It's fine. Uh, it's fine. But yeah, I think, I think there are so many amazing moments from this movie if you haven't seen it and you're listening it's not like cinderella it's so much more one of the, my favorite i had forgotten about this moment but it is one of my favorite moments of any movie ever basically she and prince henry are out on a date that lasted all day and these oh my daughter's upstairs i don't know if you can hear her but um then these gypsies attack them and she ends up saving herself and henry because um Oh, it's my she, favorite part. <laughs> she like talks back to these gypsies and he's like, okay, you can go take, you can have whatever you can carry. And she's like, can I have your word on that? He's like, take whatever you can carry. And she <laughs> walks over to Prince Henry and just picks him up. <laughs> and she pushes, carries him. And I love that he's like, they all laugh hysterically with you and you <laughs> you feel like you're there, which is wonderful. And then he's like, oh, yeah. fine, get back here. I'll give you a horse. Yep. I and also, then they end up partying with the gypsies and that's where they share their first kiss. I was just like, I love that because I would hope that on my feet, when there's literally life or death on the line, that I could take an opportunity like that and save somebody. I yes. don't know what I would have done. Oh my gosh. Jennifer, it's like all of those like emoji math problems going around. <laughs> <laughs> you're like this is a puzzle and i am gonna win and they will capture my attention and you're right that's exactly she was witty and she knew there was a loophole and she was looking for what was different about those emojis <laughs> she found yeah. a way <laughs> well and it's no wonder i mean her entire life has been you know serving her stepmom and stepsisters and then reading yeah. Like, so she's been poured, like, she poured herself into the things she loved most with her dad and obviously her community downstairs with the other houseworkers. But, like, man, I mean, people who are constantly, like, working on their mind, of course she was able to see that loophole that quickly. Yeah. She also is so much more cultured and empathetic yes. than her wealthy sisters and stepmom who are actually more traveled and have more money. And it's because of where she spends her time in reading and with others of the people. And she actually talks to Henry about that. She's like, you don't know a lot about the impact you have the power to make because you're not even in the town to find out. So even when they're on their date with those gypsies, because they end up hanging out with the gypsies after that happens. 
and becoming friends, she's able to paint a picture that shows him that the gypsies really aren't much different than he is. And so she's always working in that, like opening his eyes. And I think, you know, we've talked many times about how valuable it is to have somebody that pushes you or challenges you. Yeah. Well, and two, I mean, she even, uh, when they first meet, she challenges him with like, how is it okay that someone gets put in jail for doing something because of their station in life in which you have given them? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like you, that, girl. It it plays so much. Like those are the conversations where watching this as a young child, I didn't even know what she was talking about. And now as an adult, I'm like, this is so layered. Well, and honest to God, it is because – if somebody commits a felony and they're convicted, then they – and I don't know if everybody knows this, but <clears throat> a felon cannot – they lose a lot of rights, which, honest to God, like you committed a felony and those are really high crimes. And obviously not all felonies are created equal, but – they are not able to get an apartment just anywhere. They can't buy houses just anywhere. Like you have to apply for these. All of the things that we apply for, they apply and they have to check that box and they're just told no. So what ends up right. happening is they all are neighbors and they all work together. So when you uh, make a mistake and then you go out to live your life and you're surrounded by only people who made big mistakes like you, your ideas, like you don't have the opportunity to be able to get out of that. So you've almost been set up to fail, like put in a situation where you would just repeat, offend and repeat, offend versus like dropped in an area where everyone is doing a hell of a lot better than you. And you can see that and grow and feel, you know, you know, have a chance Yeah. anyway. So it's the same idea. And it's, when you see something like that in something that far back, and obviously we don't, we don't. It's just a bummer because it's like, man, we're still doing that. Yeah, it's still happening. <sighs> it's really depressing. Um, but but she- yeah, she challenges him. She's like, "You are going to be the king of this country. So if I can change the way you think even a little bit, then this is worth the risk of talking to you this way." And he loves it. Like he ends up, they're going to have this big ball to celebrate the fact that Da Vinci's in town, and that's where he's supposed to announce his marriage to whomever he wants. It was supposed to be the to the Spanish lady, but his dad was like, "Fine, choose someone, but you have to <laughs> choose someone by this time." Um. And he wakes up his parents, and they're on very far opposite sides of the bed. Did you notice? Just yes. the furthest to yes. the left and the furthest <laughs> to the right. And he, uh, he's like, hey, I want to open a university, and it can be for anyone. And also, I'm inviting gypsies to the party. Yep. <laughs> Loved it. Loved it. And his dad was like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> I, You know, some things I really loved was seeing them playing paper, rock, scissors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I love yep. seeing some – oh, I love French blue shutters. I can't get enough. I wish I could have some. I'm just looking for things to put shutters on. <laughs> You're like, I just need shutters. What? <laughs> I mean, any window can have a shutter. That's true. Yeah. But should it? <laughs> <laughs> but should it? I pull so, up to your house next time and just blue shutters everywhere. <laughs> and I'm like, it's French. <laughs> So I'll say this was this was my sister's like favorite movie and we would always watch it together. She loved it, loved it. 
this in a knight's tale, which is actually why I was extremely wrong on our last episode where I said <laughs> that Heath Ledger was in this movie. And it's because those are her two favorites and she'd make me watch them together over and over. And I combined them and made my own epic movie. <laughs> that would be a really epic movie. Mm-hmm. Though. <laughs> it was great. So my sister's um, one of her weddings, she wore a headpiece just like, uh, oh, I know. Mm-hmm. I used to have this necklace when I was this the age of when, whenever I watched this, and it was just a simple gold chain and then a a teardrop pearl. And you better believe I put it on my forehead and watched it in the house. Like <laughs> yes, you did. Cinderella. Yes, you did. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think my favorite, probably my favorite part of the movie, since you're asking, is. <laughs> Is when Da Vinci is going to get her out of being trapped and convincing her to go see him at the ball. Yes. And Uh, she's explaining why it's never going to work because she's just to this, she's just to that. And Da Vinci's like, and I'm just a son of a bastard and a peasant. Like, yeah. And that is so moving. And it's such a great reminder of like, yeah. Those are a lot of times the best people. Like, look at what character your dad built in you and who cares? It's, yeah, no. He, and he has so many profound moments where he just, you know, is living his life, which is probably, you know, why he was so successful too. But, um, yeah, in that (laughs) moment, he is like, I'm not anybody. They're throwing the ball for me and I was born nobody. And she's like, what business do the, the birds have with the mice or something. And he was like, well, then I guess I should make you wings. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does. And, and she amazing. looks amazing. Oh, that entrance. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Oh. So good. So basically the, the ball goes on. We haven't even touched on, we need to talk, we need to talk about Marguerite. I, so I never had any stepsisters. Um, I did have, a, I do have a crazy sister, um, a different level though. Um, and, the uh, the scene where I I think this is probably one of the first times I ever felt rage was the scene when basically Danielle's mom had left behind her wedding gown mm-hmm. and her, gla- her glass slippers. So they're like, we're going to have this big ball for the prince. And her sister is completely sure she's going to win the heart of the prince. And they're like, well, we can just wear Danielle's mom's gown or whatever. Um, anyways, Danielle catches them and Marguerite starts running around with her mom's slippers. Mm. And uh, she says, well, what do you need them for? Your mother's dead. Mm-hmm. And Danielle slaps her. Yeah. And I'm already pissed off at her at this point. Yes. They chase each other around the house, just like me and my brother and my sister used to do during the summer while my parents were at work. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they end up by a fireplace. And Danielle has the shoes. And basically she's like, give me the shoes or I throw this book in the fire. And it was Utopia, which was the book that her dad gave her, which we already Mm. talked about. And she's like, don't you dare do it. She's like, give me the shoes and I'll give you the book. She's like, don't do it. Give me the shoes. I'll give you the book. She gives her the shoes and she throws the book in the fire. And I have, I, that was the first time I had ever been that mad. I think. Wow. Yeah. Cause that really makes you angry. Like it makes you angry, even though you know it's coming. Cause it's just. So much hurt on hurt on hurt, which is what those girls all did. They just yes. 
tore each other down. Thankfully, I will say, because of that, the other sister actually shows her kindness and agrees that they were nasty. Mm -hmm. And that at least she builds a bond with her and doesn't feel as alone. Yes. And of course, she has her family in the workers. Like, that's her family. Yeah. I'm Michael goes, I'm just I like this one because there's like actually one cool stepsister. And I said she could have been cooler a lot sooner. He's she like, could have been cooler a lot sooner. With her mom. And I was like, no, yeah, she still could have been cooler a lot sooner. Yeah. She didn't have to be with her mom and sister yeah, at the time. Totally. Uh, because uh, you know what? Like that story that like I think I don't know if we've all heard it, but there's some like video you watch and it's got a story and these twins are being raised alone by their dad and he's an alcoholic and he's abusive and he's verbal and he's physical and both the twins grow up. One of them it never drinks alcohol and is super kind and loving, and one of them is an alcoholic and is ab- abusive and verbal. But both of them are asked, "Why do you think that you are the way that you are?" Both of them answer, "Because of my dad." So people are either right. going to yeah be the person that's like I don't want to behave that way because I don't like what they're doing and how they make me feel and I want to be better or they're like this is what I was taught and I get to use that as an excuse so she maybe did have a major turning point at this point for the rest of her life which it looks like so that's great yeah I completely agree well and two it also just works better for the movie I mean in terms of like the romanticizing of the entire plot line, it would have not been as grand if they started out as friends, you know, like True. in, you know, behind the scenes, they're friends to see that like moment where she gains a friend in her own household besides the other servants was great. Yeah. But so <laughs> she gets her, there's, yeah, there's a cat fight. <clears throat> it's amazing. I'm not kidding you when I tell you that is it is shot for shot Summers in the Wilson household <laughs> whenever we were kids. We in one of our houses we had the longest hallway and I knew if I could just beat them to the hallway yes. I could get to my room at the very end and shut the door in their face. I can't tell you how many times my brother or my sister ran their head into my door. <laughs> like it was epic. I mean, summer fights were, I mean, <laughs> they were iconic. I won't, this is completely unrelated. You know, my brother, you're shooting his wedding in a year now. <laughs> um, at one, at one of our best fights ever, we, <laughs> I was standing in the kitchen, just kind of watching it unfold between my brother and my sister. And she's standing across from him at the sink. And there's like a small bar in between and he's washing some dishes out and she's just, yelling at him he must have been like 16 maybe 17 and he fills up this cup and she's just yelling at him and midward he just throws that drink in her face (laughs) real housewives edition 2005 no that would have been 2001 and he goes you need to calm down and i lost it i I did not recover. I'm still not recovering. I know. From that moment. It's my favorite story, too. I think we should do a, a small rewrite and call it cool off since he just hit her with some cold water. <laughs> Maybe that is what he said. I don't, <laughs> knowing, I don't know. Knowing him and his incredible wit, I bet you he did. <laughs> he, he probably did. Uh, but I mean, <laughs> sibling moments like that, I mean, that's that shaped me as a woman. <laughs> Mine were... Uh, fought each other and then fought over trying to make me love them more. So I had a very different experience. 
Oh, well, that's mm-hmm. fun. Because wow. they were eight and ten years older, so it was always like trying to trying to mold me to say something. So, like, for example, my sister loved Pantera. My brother loved Metallica. So they would both spend <laughs> one-on-one time with me and tell me how amazing their favorite was and then encourage me to go spend time with the other one and talk about it. So I would be like, hey, sis, you want to listen to Metallica? It's the greatest of all time. And then she would get so mad and talk to me about something else in pop culture and send me back to my brother. So it was like I was a weapon, but also I just got a lot of love and attention. <laughs> That is amazing. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, that is completely opposite of my. Oh, I was tortured at the younger age. They would like take me to the top of the hill in the stroller and push me down or put me in (laughs) something and roll me. They told me that cigarette butts were candy. Like, so I got mine, but it's just when I was a little bit older, it was a lot better. (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, Yeah. It was the 80s. Things were. The 80s were very different. They were a very different time. Yes. And there was a huge difference between like 1981 and 1989. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a question for you. Would you have rather quarantined in the 80s or now? Now. Is there a different era in which you would have liked to quarantine? No. (laughs) Okay. Well, Uh that was anticlimactic. Just this one. Just this one right now. Just this one where I get to podcast and uh, watch whatever I want and have food delivered to my front door. That one. It's true. You I'll, aren't you aren't wrong. I'm doing that one. I don't, um, I don't disagree with you. <laughs> Not at all. Okay, so she goes to the ball. He falls in love. They already had their date thing. Her evil stepsisters like got invited over to see the queen and they're having tea and the queen is telling them the tea she's spilling the tea which is she's legit spilling the tea she is and she's like he was out all day he's been so happy i think there might be someone she's happy about this and to see marguerite is that her name marguerite yes get up and throw that fit i it was the only time i actually was like girl i feel you <laughs> See, because I was like, if I was the queen, I'd be like, Henry, you are not allowed to marry Margaret. Oh, for sure. Nothing about She's, it was appropriate. But in your head, that you feel that way. And if I saw somebody behave that way, I, I, I would be the person who's like, I know they're bad, and I don't want to like them. I, we don't like them. But I probably but I feel you. Would but still I be like, feel but I you. totally know how that feels sometimes in my head. <laughs> Marguerite was never told no as a child in the shows, okay? <laughs> no. It, it's very it's very painfully obvious. But what we've come to find out is that the stepmom basically was like, well, she's engaged. She's not available. And so when um when she does finally show up at the ball, she's like looking amazing mm-hmm. and he was about to announce that he was going to marry someone we don't know who they speculate maybe marguerite I was speechless. um she walks up and for this like second or third time in the movie she tries to tell him the truth and he's just too excited and he steamrolls over here over her so uh there's a pro tip for anyone of any gender of anyone you're talking to steamrolling Sometimes is fatal. Okay. So he steamrolls over her again and again and again and again. And he does so again now. And he's walking her up to the front to meet his parents. And her stepmom rips Da Vinci's wing mm-hmm. off her back. I have, oh my, I wanted to kill her. And she basically just like tells him the truth. She's not who she says, like says she is. 
and he just doesn't want to believe it. And he's like, well, basically, you're dead to me. She's not allowed to call him Henry. Yeah, he was a super drama boy. Yes, he was. a little sensitive drama boy. Jesse was watching it with me. And Jesse's like, I like this movie, but it is a little cheesy. And he's a little drama prince. (laughs) Well, he is the heir to the French French throne. French. The the French throne. (laughs) Listen, you don't mock Queen (laughs) What is it? Queen Jezebel. Okay? (laughs) Jensebeth. Jens, I don't remember. No, but it was Jezebeth. Jezebeth. <laughs> okay. uh, so- don't mock her. Don't mock her. Don't steamroll her. Nothing. Uh, but so she's like, everything's over at that point for her. She's like, it's it's done. He's not going to marry me. So, you know, naturally, that means that she was, you know, like sold. Well, she ends up being sold. Yeah, as like a to the that weird, creepy, total Ugh. pedophile. Hate him, and like, how are anyone's teeth that color? I, I know. like, how is that humanly possible? I don't he understand. Was, it, it was more like he just—he's a snake. He's the worst. He, she's like, and basically, her stepmom sells her to a man. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they take us to his castle, and um. He is like skirting around her, basically like, "Well, you're my servant, but eventually you'll be mine." She's mm. like, "I will never be yours." And he's like touching her hair and smelling her hair. And Michael goes, "This would be way more entertaining if this was HBO. They should make this into an HBO movie." <laughs> and I was like, "What would happen?" And so when she turns her, it'd her be Game of Thrones. Him, yes, he goes, "This would be like Game of Thrones." She slits his cheek open with that sword, and he was like. And she talks about, if I wanted to, I could rip mm-hmm. you from chin to navel. And he goes, and if this was HBO, she would. <laughs> Absolutely. You're not wrong, uh-huh. Mikey. Um, uh-huh. So Prince Henry's like getting married now, I guess, to the Spanish girl. And in the middle of his <laughs> wedding, he's on one knee. She's coming down the aisle and she's bawling, <laughs> uh, crying like crazy. And, and it, she shows up and he he just is like, I totally get it. And he just starts laughing hysterically. And yep. lets her tells her he she can, her. she's speaking Spanish. She, uh-huh. We don't know what she's, she's saying. Like, she's saying, please no, please no, please no. <laughs> por favor, por favor, no, por favor, no. <laughs> so she she points at somebody and he releases her and she runs after him like they're in love. And I couldn't help but laugh. <laughs> love is love. And you love who you love. I get it. But she's like stunning and about oh, to marry the prince of france who's her- incredibly good looking and this man- i thought the man was her dad oh you know what I, I but but it didn't seem like it no no it's her lover yeah but i always thought it was her dad but then i was like i hope men remember this like she was like i want that half bald short round man not yep. this power money and good looking dude <laughs> because you know why yeah. i bet that man is so loving and hilarious so Probably, and he probably cares for her and sees her. It doesn't matter. She was in love, and she was a fool for love because that crying was over the top. It was cute. So, uh, okay. So his parents actually laugh. They just eventually give up and start laughing with him, and he has a realization that he knows he's in love. 
Yes, even though she's who she um, – here's my question. So I'm like, well, okay, her dad was of importance. Her mom was of importance. So why is it that if her dad dies, she's no longer important? Especially if when he died, he was married to someone who is important. So she right. absolutely had it. She just was so – she was seven or eight when he died. So all that happened is the stepmom ingrained in her that she wasn't worth it, and that's all that had to be done. But she should have, and I'm surprised when she was a teenager during those times, those years, you know. Um, I'm surprised <laughs> she didn't realize that and just decide to lash back out. But it's I mean, it's completely wild because you just like blew my mind because I'm sitting here thinking, man, well – why not just tell him your story? My dad died when I was exactly you know, a young girl, and I'm. This was my mom. This was my dad. This is my lineage. Like, it's just, it's just crazy. That yeah, the amount of torture and information that you can give a child. It's just like when you, whatever you nurture someone with, that's what they're gonna like grow up and absorb and become. Absolutely. And, it's just it's just crazy to me. I had never even thought about it that way. Yeah. It's insane. But he figures so it out. So her worth didn't actually change. It's no. just that her her self-realization. Right. It's just crazy. So yeah, he comes and chases her down. And this is something that I thought was so beautiful. He comes to that castle um, and he proposes in the place where she had been sold and almost just killed a man. And it's just like, had she been there for even honestly, like 12 more hours that honestly would have probably held so much worse memories than just cleaning his polish and threatening to kill him with a sword. Yeah. Um, but he's able, he doesn't even wait to leave that, that property before he proposes. And so it changes this like horrible place of memory into one of her favorite places probably ever, which I just loved. That's true. That is very true. Um, he do, he proposes. She says yes. But can we talk about what he proposed with? A shoe. <laughs> yeah. Because it's Cinderella. <laughs> because it's just proof. It's just proof that a good shoe can change the world. It can change the world. I mean, the moment we even saw those, those are the most beautiful Cinderella shoes that we've seen. Uh, I had forgotten that one of my favorite sounds was rain on that shoe. Mm. That scene's coming up, and I remember, tink, tink. And I was like, oh, I haven't heard that sound since I watched this movie. Aww. Well, so the movie, like, ends with, was it Da Vinci? And he was saying the point is that they lived? Yes. So I found myself thinking, like, in this time of quarantine – I'm really trying to get to this, like, my goal is I don't always have to be doing things. I'm just trying to be content and, like, peace. And so that was very, like, the point is that they lived. Like, just, that was good for me. I needed that. It, it was good. Well, too, I mean, I think that, like, ugh, there was the first couple of weeks of quarantine where I was like, wow, think of all the things I can get done. <laughs> and so I was like, making schedules and keeping getting all of this stuff done that's been on my list for years. Mm -hmm. And then I started realizing like, this is not fulfilling. It's not making me happy. My anxieties level. I'm starting to feel guilty if I don't get this done or whatever, which was, what wasn't even on my radar since before this happened. And, um, I may have already said this on another episode, but I was talking, talking with Maggie and she is, we both, 
Charla and I, we share a lot of friends, but like Maggie in my universe is the equivalent to Wendy in her universe. There are super organized, very well put type together A. friends, <laughs> type A's, and they thrive with a to-do list and they kill it. Um, and Maggie was like, so what are your business goals during quarantine? And I said, well, when we started, I made a list of things to do to complete in a month. And now it's looking like it's gonna be longer than three months. So I have three much as three much time, three times as much time to get that list done. And she just died laughing. Like I wasn't going to expand my list. I just have more time to get it. She Listen, was like, I love you. This is why I need you in my life. I was like, now I can take my time and do it right. Exactly. Um, I was telling Jesse the other day, we were finishing up the cabinets in the kitchen and he was like wanting to like scrape off some of my crappy paint job and repaint perfectly over. And I was like, listen, Jesse, we're different. You make things perfect and that's great. And I love you for that. But I get things done. And this is one of those needs done jobs. So like, I don't care if there's some drip paint, it looks better than it was. Get it on the wall. If, you, if I see you scrape off any more paint to make it perfect, we ain't never going to get this job done. That's I'm enough. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> So, yeah. Okay. So the wedding. Oh, well, I do think we should say basically they got they got married so fast. Mm -hmm. Like he comes to get her Mm -hmm. and like later that day, they be married already. Yeah. And they come to get they come to her estate and they're like, hey, uh, basically, you old hag and your two daughters, you've been requested (laughs) at the at the palace. Wear something fancy. And they show up and it's like a sentencing. The king mm-hmm. is like, uh, so tell me about the time you lied to the queen. And, um, oh, my God. It's just like, you're like, yes. You're like, holy um, crap. And he's like, well, I'm sending you to America unless someone can speak for you. And then you see Danielle. She's like, I'll speak for her. She's got a crown on her head. Mm-hmm. Like, they got married so fast. Also, she had already had a bath and somehow dried her hair and curled it back then. So, like, whatever. Um <laughs> And she's like, I just, I want that they basically be treated the same way. Show them the same kindness that she showed to me. Mm-hmm. And now they work in like a laundry facility, it looks like. Yep. It looks miserable. And oh, I I have to say like, she's got them. They did such a great job choosing her. She's so angelic and she looks perfect in that dress. Her mom's yes. dress, which I know she wears to the ball, and we don't get to see her wedding. But in my mind, that was her mom's wedding dress. That's what it was for. So I'm going to imagine that she was like, I have a dress. <laughs> oh, for sure. Well, and two, I thought I had this moment where I was looking at her and thinking about how fast that after- afternoon went. The empath in me is like, okay, so he came to get her. And then they're already married. So that was like four hours. What were those four hours like? And I don't know if you guys have ever stayed in a like way too nice hotel where like all of the linens are the softest. (laughs) All of the Mm. soap is incredible. The lotion, like you put it on. I'm not a lotion person, but when I'm at a nice hotel, I'm like, oh, give me the plaza. Like all of the, uh, the plaza, the sink, the tile on the floor, the toilet, the toilet paper, the knobs to the doors all have their logo all over it. It's so crazy. It's so nice. So I imagined for a second being her coming in to that castle, realizing this is now my home. Mm-mm. She gets probably the, the most proper bath she's had since a child. 
And not only is it a proper bath, but she's got the royal necessities. I'm like, can you imagine how plush that towel was yeah. and how smooth that lotion was? Like that, like three hours of her life was probably the most restorative three hours of anyone's life. I bet it. I bet it was glorious. It made me want to go get on Lush.com and buy all mm, the things. I love Lush so much. That's yeah, always I, in my stocking at Christmas and I know it and I can't wait. Uh, I'm waiting on a delivery from them right now. Because nice. Emmy and I are Beth Bum connoisseurs. <laughs> but the <laughs> but the actual wedding in this movie is where he almost marries the the Spanish the lady girl from Spain. Yes. So, what is your loved it? My loved it, which was kind of hard for me. Um, was I liked her veil? I liked how different it yes, was. Yes, me too. Immediately. Uh, I was immediately yes, like, um, that's amazing. It was like gold, sparkly, but dots. Like but poker, not. But yeah. It was magical. And it was huge. I, and yes. and it was like, it fell nice. So maybe it was French tool. But I really, really, really liked her veil. It's definitely my love debt. Oh, me too. When veils can be one of those things where it's like. Game changer. Either, yeah. Either it's. Like they are very expensive, the really nice ones. So mm-hmm. either you had the budget for a super nice one, or maybe you borrowed a super nice one, or it just didn't matter to you. But my brides who choose to budget in for a kick-ass veil, I die every time. I every time I had an Oscar de la Renta veil, I think this past fall, mm. and I'm like, I would sleep with that veil every yeah. night to keep it safe from intruders. <laughs> That's hilarious. So beautiful. That's hilarious. So beautiful. What was your hate in it? Uh, probably his puffy sleeves, but I get it. It's the royal thing. I get it. I get it. But I'm not here for it. Mm-mm. Mine was the music. Oh, <laughs> yes. It was just the saddest funeral dirge for her to walk into, which it works because she was crying. Yeah. But I'm like, I think she was crying for a lot of reasons, but also like, why am I walking down to the saddest organ music ever? Yep. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's just it's so funny. I don't know. How much do we think this wedding costs in nowadays? Uh, so, okay. Jesse was like, could you imagine? Because because we've been to this area of France technically where it should have taken place, Would have been, and yeah. he's like, can you imagine like a, them having a ball once a month and it looking like that, and then like what their wedding would look like and yada yada. And I was imagining what it would look like today, and not so much what it would have looked like back then. But yeah, I do. We didn't really get to see much, so I have to imagine that the reception was tons of flowers and fruit and bread, and that the table was like plentiful. And lots of wine. Um, I don't know. I really so obviously much, there, there would have been nothing so much wine tax dollars free <laughs> right yeah zero because it was royalty mm-hmm. and they don't pay for things I don't know yeah um I would trade put it, for your life I would I would put it at an equivalent of today's dollars what we think w- would have been hmm, what do you want to say like two million Oh, I do think royal weddings, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. I wish we could have um, seen also, an entire, need- like, at, an, at its entirety. Oh, well, I'm glad we didn't because that means he would have gotten married. Caveat, we didn't do this last week. Um, How much do we think the wedding was for Clueless? Oh, my gosh. In 1995, 
50, they had pretty decent floor. I would say twenty five thousand. <laughs> yeah, I think I would say between twenty and honestly, I would probably say between fifteen and thirty. Yeah, max. Yeah, because people just I just didn't, realized we didn't, didn't care about as much stuff. Like they had all the white folding chairs, but we could. Yeah, we can go back and talk about that one another time. But only our loyal listeners are going to have made it this far, anyways. True, that's very that true. We, Went back. So Gosh, if you're still here, so I'll let you girl. Who's your who's your maid of honor? My maid of honor is totally Danielle. Okay. And I think it's just because she man, she persevered through so much and she still remained joyful. She still remained true to herself. She took risks. She like didn't even give up. She didn't have to show up at that ball. Mm-mm. Like she knew what she wanted and she went for it. And I admire her for it. What about you? Her best friend, little boy that she beat up next door. Oh my god, I love him. I love him. And he he was huge. He told her that he liked that she liked him when she didn't realize it. Um, and that's a game changer. We've talked about that. And then he yeah. was like, "She's at home alone right now," so that they could have their date and forced her because she probably wouldn't have done it. So, mm-hmm. and then on her wedding day, he was like, "Oh my god!" or like whatever the ball stuff. He was there like yeah. freaking out. So I just thought he was amazing. I do love him. He was he was spectacular. I forgot about him. Who is your maid of dishonor? Um, the pedophilia pedophile oh that guy yeah the lizard yeah i chose him over the stepmom <laughs> i honestly don't disagree with you but for the sake of choosing someone different i'll say marguerite yeah she was oh. a literal antithesis yeah. of danielle you know i wish we could get a flash of how they're doing now <laughs> <laughs> i did look on their imdbs yeah like what happened later in their lives <laughs> I mean the actual characters. I know. I know what you meant. I'm like, well, Drew Barrymore is making a zombie Netflix series. Yeah, she's Julia Gulia and also <laughs> what's the other one? Oh, Josie Grossy. Josie Grossy. <laughs> um Yeah. So okay. Wait, no, what? I think that was it. I think that's all. We've checked all – we've ticked all the boxes. We do have a mini session uh, that got written into us. Uh-oh. Hey. Well, we'll have to record that next. Yeah. So, guys, we know that you have more time than ever on your hands right now. So <laughs> send us your funny wedding stories or your traumatic wedding stories yeah. or your sweet ones. Or just amazing ones. Oh, we don't even care. It could even be how you how you got engaged, how they proposed, how whatever. What about like even stories of your quarantine brides? How are, how are those things going? Have you seen um, extreme generosity or kindness? Yeah, I want to hear your quarantine wedding stories. Me too. <laughs> okay. Okay. Don't well, if you haven't if you haven't watched it, go watch Ever After. We didn't ruin anything for you because. Listen, we've all seen Cinderella, so yeah. get over yourself. You read it. Um, also, hey, it really, really, really helps your girls out if you rate, review, and subscribe. And we will love you forever and always. Thank you so much. And last but not least, rule number one. Never leave a crasher behind. Bye.